above the streets and houses, rainbow climbing high. Everyone can see it smiling over the sky. Paint the whole world with the Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. This episode we are looking back at a personal favourite of mine and I think probably anybody growing up in Britain in the 80s, it's Rainbow. Yeah, now this one um, came quite early on in the list and we've just sort of moved things around um, to suit other uh, other episodes. But I was really excited about this one because this was probably one of my earliest go-tos and for the longest time as well. Like other things came and went. Yeah, but this motherfucker was always on, and I always wanted to watch it. I agree. I agree. This is the first show I think I can probably remember, and I, and I say show because like we we've talked about the cartoons and things that I got into, like He Man and stuff like that. But this was before all of that. This yeah. was probably the first must see TV show for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is a weird thing to say when you think back to like I'm talking about preschool age here, and I would be like, excellent, it's Tuesday, rainbows on. Yeah. I mean, I I have this sort of abiding memory of it always being on, and then as I've got older now, it must just be my mind playing tricks and remember. But it was actually on five times a week. Yeah, but it was repeated, wasn't it? It was only actually two new shows. Yeah. But it was it was on but it was five on times. Yeah. Yeah, but there were only actually two shows per week. It was like a Tuesday and a Thursday. But at, at this time, and it wasn't just Rainbow that this happened to. At this time, there would be a lunchtime children's TV block on ITV yeah. for kids that were coming home from school for lunch. Yeah. And then there would be the main CITV block in the afternoon. Because just remember, guys, this is before the days of like dedicated children's channels. Oh, this and stuff. is fucking three channels. Like, if you're lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I guess it would be actually. It's, Rainbow predates Channel Four certainly, but yeah. when we were watching it, Channel Four would have been around. Yeah. But um, yeah. So even though you had five shows a week, it was a case of it was on at lunchtime and then in the afternoon and then lunchtime and then in the afternoon. Where did the fifth one come from? Um, well, according to um, what we're from, it had five times a week, twice weekly on Mondays and then Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. So two. Oh, Monday, there you go. And then so one... it's just Monday it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when you're you know, three, four, five years old, you don't give a fuck if it's the same one you saw. Yesterday. Oh hell no. I mean, we get it now with all the shit on Netflix. We can watch the same three episodes of Paw Patrol three times a day, and they'll forget. Yeah. Or yeah. they know exactly what happens. They just like that one, so they want to watch it again. Uh, yeah, there's an element of repetition that that is good, with, especially with young kids anyway, because mm. you kind of learn from repetition, especially with this, this kind of show. This was, in a loose kind of way, educational. I mean, this, this was not as educational as, say, Sesame Street. I don't ever recall learning numbers or, or no. anything like that. But there was a lot of kind of learning behaviours and things from Rainbow. There was a lot of teaching you how to behave, and especially using Zippy, there was a lot of, like, learn to share, don't be spiteful. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the, the learning came, they were sort of, they, as, as most of these things would have, there would be an overarching story for the week, and then there'd be bits that underpinned it. But it would always be a case of, like, this week they might te- be teaching you how to share, next week they might teach you opposites. Yeah. And things like that. So there would always be something that was being learned it just wasn't as obvious and in your face as no one two three no yeah um so and 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 whatever just just like we we say there's a story arc every week the story arc was the same just different variations of every week bungle was a sanctimonious prick yeah and every week zippy was the most awesome person on the face of you fucking a (laughs) like don't be wrong he's an absolute cockwomble but you have to love him for it yeah no um when I would have been about 16, 17-ish. Um, when I was in sixth form, a friend of ours um, dragged me into, into town one afternoon because she'd seen a zippy backpack. Nice. Um, which the zip, the opening was at the mouth, which she zipped open, and then you could reach down into the guts, and that was where, no, that was that that was the bag part of it. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, why the fuck couldn't I have had that when I was like five? Yeah, yeah, totally. Don't I get mean, me wrong, I ripped the piss mercilessly, but yeah, I wanted that bag. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think there's there's an element of, of all of us who grew up at this time that I think Zippy will live in our hearts forever. <laughs> I, I think he just will. I think he's one of those characters that's just... Zippy is kind of like the little devil that sits on everybody's shoulder. Yes, totally. He's he's very much the no, the, the one that's sort of egging you on. Yes, totally. There is a Zippy inside everybody. Yeah. Some of us more so than others, <laughs> but there is definitely a Zippy inside everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean the way the characters were designed as well. Most you said about um, obviously Bungle being a bit of a twat, um, and no, Zippy being awesome. It was kind of the way they set it up. It was sort of intended that way that um, 
they sort of they, they they tried to mirror them on children's behaviors. So um, I can see that I I never thought of that, but I can see that instantly now you say it. Obviously, Zippy being a spoiled toddler. Yeah, he's self-centered. He's yeah. a little bit naughty. He's a little bit extroverted. He's that bit that all kids have in them. Mm. Some don't let it out. Some let it out more than others. Um, some just don't have anything else. Some just complete cunts. But no, that's kind. Of, that's the way that character was intended. And so the three characters are intended to be different facets of, yeah. of children's personalities. Um, George is supposed to be sort of the sens- sensitivity and introversion, um, and then Bungle is the inner twat. Um, no, <laughs> um, he's. Um, He's, he's, conform- he's conformity. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the one that follows the rules. He's the one that does it. He does everything right, whether he gets it right or not. His intentions are there. So th- there's those three parts of that sort of them, child psyche, if that's what they were going for. That no, the three very obvious differences. And again, at the time, you don't recognize because you recognize in Zippy that kid in school was a bit was a bit naughty. Yeah. If it's not you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, you recognize these character types in your friends. Yeah. And I look I'm like I look around. Um, just a group of friends and I see again variations of that you see the one who's a bit loud you see the one who's yeah. you know, very 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 goody goody and you see the one who's who's very quiet and very shy fuck dude I look around our group of friends and I can see that <laughs> yeah true <laughs> it's in all of us it, it is you're right um, but yeah so I mean it's interesting and obviously I hadn't really realised that until starting going back and watching a couple of things oh yeah that's quite as an adult it's quite apparent yeah Totally. Yeah. Um, one thing I did again with that we've talked about this with various things with Zippy as well. He did do some of the old fourth wall gags, and he did. You know, so he, had, he had the odd bit which was just slightly above the heads of the of the target audience. Just so if, they, if they had older siblings watching, there was something a bit they close to the bone. Yeah, for them. They, they definitely was. I remember that they, 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 we talked about it actually just before recording. There is a misconception that Rainbow was full of smut and what have you. Um, because there was a an adult sketch that came out. Yeah, it was never actually intended for broadcast. It and was, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it, this this wasn't what the show was like. But it, it much in the same way that all of the shows of this era, a similar thing happened with Captain Pugwash, um, and a, f- a few others as well, like the, the whole semen stains thing. Um, you know, this that was never there in Rainbow. It was never there in Captain Pugwash either. It's just our memory has. Oh, sort of yeah it gets tainted perverted itself almost yeah um, and, and the advent of youtube has brought this to the forefront so this show never actually was full of knob gags and no. shit like that i mean this um this particular episode it, it's it's gone down in sort of law in many ways that it was um it was a apparently it was a pilot it wasn't it was uh, it was done as the the christmas episode that um the production company did for their staff um they used to do like a christmas tape and all the production companies did it and it's Effectively, it's a gag. It's instead of doing a gag reel. Yeah. Um, and it's widely available on the internet. If you Google um, Rainbow Twangers episode, I'll put a link up as well. Um, and it's yeah, it's basically how many double entendres can you get in three minutes and nine seconds? And it is fucking hilarious. Oh, I've been. I was in the office watching it today, and I had to stop it and put it on for somebody else because they were wondering why I was laughing so much. And the two of us were in fits of giggles for the entire afternoon. Yeah, it is fucking hilarious, but it is played for and got this oh, is absolutely. not absolutely they, they play this so it, fucking yeah. straight however having said all of that yes they definitely are when you watch it back there are there are little things in there that can be taken away for an adult definitely oh definitely um i think there's actually i recall um and as per usual i've not done any research so correct me if i'm wrong or if i'm if i'm on the right track and you have more information just yeah please elaborate but i seem to remember Jeffrey actually being a bit of a Lothario as well. I seem to remember there always being things about Jeffrey's girlfriends. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, there there was in the later ones. Now I didn't realize. Oh no, one. I don't mean the the fucking the woman that came in. Oh right, okay. No, no, no. There was there was a woman that came yeah. in. I, I don't know if she ever. I like I. I hate I hate to say outgrown Rainbow, but at that point, oh, this, yeah. this is when they started bringing in like the fucking stupid bunny rabbit and shit. As yeah, well, we'll, wasn't we'll it? come Which, on to that. I mean, they um. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't realised this. This actually ran from 1972 to 1997. In yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it stopping and starting as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it ran until like 1990 and then they rebooted it effectively with this. That was one. the one with the rabbit, wasn't it? And the woman. No, that was the next reboot. Oh, fuck. Um, they, Rod, Jane and Freddy fucked off. They had their own show. They I had remember their own that. show um, and they wanted to concentrate on Panto, apparently. Um, so they, they didn't have the time to devote to doing Rainbow as well. So they left and then they 
needed a female presence so they brought in this woman I, I think her name was Dawn and then she was in it for a couple of years and then they completely they fucked everybody off apart from the the guy who voiced and puppeted Zippy right recast everybody and did a reboot with the the Scouse Rabbit and whatever else I think it was set in a shop or something like that yeah um, and then after about a year or so they fucked that off and went back to the original formula to the Rainbow House um, just for a, another year and then people went you know what fuck this it doesn't work yeah. anymore because it's a 25 year old show people's sensitivities sensibilities have changed yeah no I I yeah I, I remember the Rabbit reboot because I remember it filling me with horror um, not because the Rabbit was scary just because what the fuck was it <sighs> Rainbow is one of those things I think that that should not and cannot be touched in my mind. Like it's, it was very much of its era. You couldn't do it now. No, it, it's too innocent. Like we say about this this episode with the twangers and stuff, that was intentional. The show itself was too innocent and too well natured for it to work for today's children. Yeah, and I mean it was. I mean if you look at the way Sesame Street has evolved, you know, they brought in more diverse characters. They they have mm-hmm. brought in. Uh, they have done um, story arcs where things are a bit different, are a bit you know, bleaker than you'd have had in the set in the seventies. This this was always intended to be a British version of Sesame Street, but it's then, the closest thing we've got. It but it's not Sesame Street. No, and it, it's it's. I think they realised very early on it wasn't going to be that, even though that's what they wanted. Yeah. And they and once they realised that, they you know, they changed the format a bit. They changed the presenters. They brought in Jeffrey. Um, they changed one of the was things. There someone before Jeffrey. Yeah, there was. Um, there was Dave Cook was the first presenter. Um, he was replaced in 1974. I only know Jeff. I mean, I, yeah, I was not even born then. So. No, I mean, I only found this out this afternoon. I didn't realise that there was a, a previous presenter. Jeez. So you had um, the first was Dave Cook was replaced in early 1974 by the best known presenter Jeffrey Hayes. Uh, he'd bring the other members of the Rainbow Household to order and give them something to do. He's like kind of like a teacher or a bit of a. Um, a carer or something. No, he was. He was never. <laughs> a carer is probably the best description of Jeffrey. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking more of a foster carer than. Take it as you will. Yeah, yeah. That's um, probably the best description I've ever. Heard. But yeah, it was. It was never sort of parental. They never called. No, he was. He was never their no, father. He was never dad. And I, I think I remember them shooting the shit with him about his girlfriends. I swear possibly. to God. Um, Oh, actually, there you go. Um, there were infrequent mentions of his life outside the household, such as ex-girlfriends. So, there, you there you go. go. Yeah, I knew that, it. That'll teach me to read ahead. Um, so, yes, I mean, um, that was the sort of character. And um, David Cook's character was very much the same. He, it was, um, no, it was, he was a schoolmaster. He was um, he was there to instruct them, to inform mm-hmm. them, to make them do shit. He wasn't there to sort of nurture them or anything. No. Above and beyond what you'd expect from the other role models you had in your life who weren't your parents yeah and again it's it's feeding into that sort of what you're teaching kids um but no there was never any sort of affection for any of, no, any of the characters above and beyond what you know I get the impression he darn fucking hated Zippy he was just a very patient man like <laughs> it, it is constantly in his voice when he's like he never scolds Zippy as such no but quite often he, he talks to Zippy with utter disdain like, well, to be fair, if you were in that position, you would too. I think if I was in that position, I'd fucking lamp him. To be honest. Yeah, there but may I mean, have been he's a felt. So yeah, what? there may have been a pillow over the face at some point. Again, he's felt. What? <laughs> what, what, do? what the fuck was Zippy anyway? What the fuck were any of them? I guess. Well, George, George was a hippo. hippo. Yeah. I always, as a kid, I always thought George was a sheep, and then my brother told me when I was about seven that he was a hippo. Okay, we live in Wales. Like, how many sheep have you seen? <laughs> at that time, not fucking many, because I lived in the middle of a steel town. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but just no, that was no, that was my impression. Obviously, Bungle was a bear, and what the fuck was Zippy supposed to be? Yeah, I, Joe, I've never actually questioned it, but yeah, he's not an animal. No, he's got to be an alien, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean nowadays there'd be all sorts of backstory, and they try to justify it and all the rest of it. Well, the real story is why has he got a zip on his fucking mouth? Again, if he was my kid, I'd have put a fucking zip on his mouth as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, now the zip is interesting actually I remember because I remember them doing this that when he was being a particular twat they used to zip, zip him, him up. up yeah now generally he would and you, you wouldn't be able to, to speak through it I think there were one or two occasions where he opened it I can remember him opening it as well I'd see I think when you look back at that now and knowing Zippy's character I think the whole I can't open it thing was just him playing along like oh fuck you all then and he's <laughs> yeah, just true. choosing his moment he's just being belligerent yeah 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 totally 
Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it was just one of those, again, it never made sense as a child that, well, why can't you open it this week? You opened it last week. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was always a bit, um, I always thought that was quite quite strange, and obviously, having moved away from it, not thought about it for many, many years, and then picked it up again this week, I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, if that's the only thing that doesn't make sense, they're doing quite well. I mean, one of the episodes I watched this week, he ate three sausages. He's a puppet, for fuck's sake. Ah, puppet's got to eat too. Yeah, I mean, he quite clearly picked a sausage up and then dropped it on the floor whilst making <laughs> nom, 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 noises a la Cookie Monster. Yeah, I was going to say, I, um, when we were living in Australia, um, Sesame Street were launching something over there, um, and Cookie Monster was on one of their... Um, chat show was like a bit like the one show where I think it was called the project or something like that, and he ate the plate, plate of biscuits, and again you just see it, you know, the hand is gumming them up in in the mouth, and they just fall out. They're just falling out, yeah. yeah. And the, obviously the, when the camera cuts away, they just sweep it all out quickly, and yeah, it was that sort of thing, and I I, I did see that one, and it's just you look at it, and you looked at it, and you saw it now, you'd be going, what the fucking hell? Yeah. How, how would they ever expect to get away with that? But obviously at the time, it was a different and, time, yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre though, isn't it? it? Yeah, it was very much a different time. I mean, while while we're talking about that, I actually have Rainbow on DVD, so I've I've watched some episodes of DVD. But just a quick search review, but it, it is all over YouTube. Hmm. If you guys want to watch this, it's not commercially available anymore. I bought these DVDs years ago um, as part of a cult kids collection. Um, but I, I don't know. Actually, maybe if you hit eBay up, you might find. Yeah, them. I mean, I didn't find them. Um... In many places, I did find a website where there were snippets of bits. Uh, no, there were there were parts of episodes. Yeah. Um, which find out if you want. No, find those if you want. I'm not endorsing they, it, but at the same time, be I'm out not. There. Yeah, it's 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 available. Um, and like I say, no, a very quick Google search found the um the the adult episode, the the Twangers episode, very quickly. So I mean, it's if if you're looking for it, you can find it really easily. Um, and as you said, no, look at eBay and no um second-hand uh, DVD places on uh, online you'll find it quite easy. So, yeah, if you want to find this DVD, I've just gone and, and grabbed it from my collection. It's called Cult Kids Classics. Now, check this fucking thing out. It's a, it's kind of a mixtape. It's got Chorlton and the Wheelies, Danger Mouse, Count Duckler, Jamie and the Magic Torch, Button Fucking Moon, and Rainbow. Shorten all the on the same disc. Chorlton and the Wheelies. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, that... If that doesn't encapsulate this show in a nutshell, Absolutely. I don't know what DVD ever will. Yeah. So, yeah, that is Cult Kids Classics. I paid probably, like, a fiver for it, and that was probably about 10, 12 years ago, something like that, if not more. Mm. So, it, it's out there, but you may have to search for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't go out looking for it, you know, with a with view to buying it. I mean, we do so many of these, I'd be bankrupt, even more so than I already am. And I'm slightly closer to divorce, um, but yeah, I mean, you look for these things, and you can generally find them if you if you if you do look hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a bit of background on the show then: um, British um, TV series created by Pamela Lonsdale, ran from 1972 to 1997, as I said. Uh, is intended to develop language and social skills for preschool children. Um, won a boatload of awards, including um, Society of Film and Television uh, Arts Award for Best Children's Program. Um, yeah, it was conceived as an equivalent to Sesame Street, and it had more than a thousand episodes. I was, you know, I'm glad you've got that in front of you because I was trying to mentally work out at five episodes a week for that period of time. How many roughly did we have? No, my maths is shit. We just learned that Rainbow didn't teach us numbers, so <laughs> if it did, it did a really bad job. Yeah, and we didn't really get a lot of Sesame Street, so me and maths, we're not best friends. Yeah, no, me and maths go as far as a calculator, and I always think this is really funny when you're in school you won't always have a calculator with your kids fuck you have got my phone yeah off. yeah totally and even at the time we had casio fucking watches yeah you were exactly. the bomb if you had a calculator oh, fucking watch I always wanted one of those. yeah totally um so yeah total of 1071 episodes across 27 series jesus so i mean that's uh and jeffrey then did most pretty much all of the this basically was his career yeah pretty much I mean, it's fucking he Rod. was Jeffrey from Rainbow. Yeah, it's the Rod Hull thing, isn't it? You know, you will yeah, always I be guess. known for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 1071 episodes came from an abrupt end when Thames handed the franchise over to Carlton Television in 1992, and then they just went, no, fuck it, we don't want it anymore. And then they had the reboots, um, 95, 96, and then went to 97. So, I mean, it was, for something that was so popular and ran for so long, it was treated really shabbily in the end. 
Um, and there's um, some information on the wiki page. There's an interview, well, part of an interview with Jeffrey, where when they rebooted it, he found out he wasn't coming back from the sun. They rang him for a quote. I mean, and that's just horrendously shitty. This guy that's given his life essentially to this show. I mean, I'm sure he was very well paid for it, but I mean, to me, and and we'll get onto this, I guess, when we come out of the reboot. There is no rainbow without Jeffrey. No, it just, um, it, there's just not. <laughs> like he's he's such an integral part of the dynamic of the show. Well, I mean the fact that he took over two years in and he he was in that role then for the next what best part of twenty years. It, you know, there's an there an, it's an entire generation who will grown up as with him being that a la us. So you could put anybody in in to replace him. It wouldn't matter because. Rainbow will always be Jeffrey's show. Yeah, and I, I think part of it as well. I didn't realise this as a kid, obviously, and in rewatching as an adult, I think I've, I've twigged on it more. There was always a tendency, and still is, amongst children's TV presenters to talk down to children, to be overtly loud and zany yeah. and wacky, and treat children like they're thick. Jeffrey does that at no point in this show. He talks. He's just a kindly uncle yeah, at he, all times he does not condescend at no, all he talks very much in the way that school teachers would have yes it's and if, again if you watch the twangers episode because he, he plays it so straight but it's no it's of no uh, um, along the lines of you no know, have you uh, have you got your twangers out have you got your balls ready yeah but it's not have you got your balls no it's have you got your balls ready have you got your track are you ready to play and it's just this, this sort of very enthusiastic but very measured tone yes that yeah that's the perfect way of describing it, it is a measured tone yeah. it, it's almost in the wrong context could be psychopathic oh god yes but it's not you've got to be a bit fucking mental to be to be in kids tv though surely. i think you've got to be a bit mental to work with puppets is what it is well, I don't yeah. know if it's so much kids TV as, as puppets and you read any interview with puppeteers and they'll openly tell you that they're all fucking mental yeah I suppose the ones the ones that just do puppet characters like you know, things that spit an image where they just do a batch of puppets and them, they, they'll be a bit more they're, they're, they're part actors mm-hmm. when you get you like of Kermit who that's their fucking job Yeah. and you know, they're not allowed to be spoken to so when Kermit goes on a radio show the presenters are not allowed to address the puppeteer they're not allowed to address the fact it's a puppet because Kermit is a living thing. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be fucking soul destroying to a point where you, you would develop some sort of schizophrenia just so you can talk to people. I mean, yeah, this is, this is kind of the thing here as well, I guess, is that, I mean, I remember Zippy being on, like, panel shows. And yeah. Shit. I remember Zippy being on quiz shows even when we were in our late teens, early 20s. Oh. And, and this is the second coming after this episode had come out and all yeah. of a sudden things were a bit risque. Yeah. And Zippy almost for a little while there became a bit of a counterculture icon as well. I can yeah. remember him being associated with raves yeah. a lot. Um, it, it, there was this weird thing where he took off and Zippy became a thing. It wasn't about the puppeteer behind Zippy, it was about, about the character. Zippy, yeah. yeah. I mean, Zippy, for the most part, I think, was done by the same person. Um, originally done by Peter Hawkins and then um, taken over by um, Ronnie LeDrew. Um, who then went on to to voice and um, control in the in the later ones? So I mean, again, this guy did this fucking character for years. Yeah, yeah. and you, it's got to rub off on you a bit. So when you have the, the method actors who get so far into roles, then it takes them a long time to get, excuse me, to get back out because they get so ingrained in it. Can you imagine that? There's two parts where you've got your hand up something's ass for you no know, however many hours a day, so you've got to, you've got to make this show. But also, you've got to speak in a particular voice and think like this character. That voice must fucking hurt, because that is the sound of someone's throat at absolute breaking point. It's um one of the um the the vo- um the second voice um it was Roy Skelton who did um Daleks and Sidemen and Doctor Who. So he had a ver- that, that makes very, sense. It, yeah. If you listen listen to it, as a child you wouldn't notice, but if you listen to it comparatively to Doctor Who of that period, there, there's a very definite sort of almost robotic sort of nasally twang yeah, to it. Yeah. and that it's consistent with those characters and it's not whether it's intentional or not it's it's there but it must be very difficult to keep up yeah oh yeah definitely it, it sounds like it would hurt your fucking throat oh god yeah i mean you'd be you'd, you'd be there with uh several stiff drinks yeah on the go at a time just to keep it going wouldn't you yeah i mean comparatively george is just somebody doing a bad frank spencer impersonation yes so that's he's got the easy job yeah i mean i can't remember what bungle sounded like 
bungle sounds like a toss pot. It's what bungle sounds like. Um, for a giant fucking bear, he had a. But he was a fucking teddy bear. I mean, he wasn't originally. Originally, he was a big bear. Yeah. And then they decided that was a bit too, uh, bit too scary. So they flattened, they 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 flattened the no the, the snout, and and um, changed the eyes. So the eyes just looked like teddy bear eyes. Yeah. He, again, he had quite a quite a kindly measured voice like it did not sound like a bear should sound yeah I, I remember as well he had the, the old Donald Duck thing going as well where he was generally without clothes but as soon as he came out of the shower he'd have a towel around his waist yes and he, he did pajamas. actually yeah most of the time he wandered around completely stark bollock naked I yeah guess. so and we never saw his junk so actually is Bungle a girl then I don't know I mean the assumption was always not because his voice sounds masculine, definitely. Yeah. Um, but then... I think the the thing that's swaying me is that, again, this, <laughs> this fucking one-off Christmas, uh, uh, Christmas party episode, they refer to Bungle's twanger and his balls. Right. So they're, I mean, they, they've played on it at that point, and this is from about 75, I think it was. Um, so it'd been, got, it'd been a couple of years in at this point, so they'd established what they yeah. were establishing. Um, so yeah it's just um, so 1979 that episode um, yeah so they kind of at that point they've already established I mean you'd love to take the inference of Bungle being a bear as well yeah with George but it's just it's just not there people no. people are putting this onto Rainbow this is definitely stuff that's that people are finding themselves and adding their own connotations into this it's not there and you, look, if you listen to this show with any kind of regularity you know that we're the first motherfuckers to find this stuff <laughs> oh we'll read that shit into anything yeah but it's it's just not there no and I mean as I say they it's fairly it's it's I say it's it's a fairly broad misconception that this show was absolute filth and it wasn't it's not it's um, really not it's, it's so a really innocent. wholesome show yeah um, to a point where it almost feels wrong trying to read these inferences into it it's only when you come to that one off where they are um, talking about each other's twangers and um, Roger and Roger not Freddie at the time uh, were talking about being up all night banging yeah and look you know as soon as the camera stopped rolling yes they would joke about this stuff yeah. of course they would they were all grown adults but when the cameras start rolling it's, it's not there it's as innocent as be even down to the yes George is very effeminate clearly yes. so but even down there like if you read this online you, you'll hear all sorts of things about how he was deliberately this kind of counterculture gay icon and no he wasn't no he was, it was he was just a pink hippo yeah he was, he was a shy introverted character yeah. now if it had been a blue elephant as opposed to a pink hippo you wouldn't think twice you wouldn't be reading the same no. into it as you said it would just be a really bad Frank Spencer impression yeah so people read into it what they want to read into it yeah I mean that's one thing I mean having done literature and film and all the rest of it the one thing that always bugs me is when I say, well, this means this, this means this. Or this is what the author intended. The author's been dead for four fucking hundred years. How do you know what they intended? Yeah. You can read into it what you like, but don't claim it as fact. Mm. I mean, if you want to start looking for these things, like Zippy's got a fucking bald head and has a big, massive zip as his only fashion accessory. I mean, if that doesn't scream S&M Club, I don't know what well, does. Well, exactly. But it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, not. No, um, yes, yeah, so we'll move on from that. We could rant about that for ages. Um, the the premise, um, as I said, it had a, a particular activity or situation would arise in the house. Um, it would involve some sort of squabble or, or dispute where Zippy would piss somebody off and then Jeffrey would have to keep the peace and in doing so they'd learn something. Um, it'd be interspersed with songs, um, usually from Roger and Freddie, but as I said, originally it was Roger and Matt, which was Matthew Corbett of Sooty Fame. No way. Yep. Very short-lived, but yeah. Um, then they replaced Matt with Roger. No fucking way. That's blown my mind. Yeah. Um, I had to go back and check that because it's it's on, it's on the wiki page and I had to go back and look for it because I didn't believe it. Um, so then, yeah. Then you had Roger and Roger who was in the um, the Twangers episode and then he, uh, he was replaced with Freddie who was in it then until they finished in the early 90s. None of those groups sound even half as good as Rod, Jane, and Freddie. No. That, that just rolls off the tongue. That's, that's, absolutely. And that's probably why they sacked them, to be honest. But because they just didn't fit. I yeah. mean, they could have just changed their name. Yeah, true. But yeah, I want to do that. Um, so you'd have um, the main story in songs. 
Um, did the animations, Cosworth Hall did a lot of animation for it as well. The animations are one of the things I remember the most because they were totally nonsensical. And they were completely misplaced as well. Yeah, and it, it comes back to that kind of Sesame Street thing, I think, in that Sesame Street would do these kind of animations, but they would have a hook to them. It would be teaching you to count or teaching you some letters of the alphabet or something like that. Yeah. It would be a short interstitial animation to move from one scene to the next these were just fucking thrown in and they were just a collection of like weird line drawings with crazy sound effects like yeah. like lines would appear and you'd get like boing. yeah and so what the clang what what is this like yeah i mean almost a point where you look at some some really fucking abstract cinema that people were putting uh, were trying to put out into the early 90s where it was you know, sheep running backwards up a hill and you not know, the way it, yeah they, really that, they are sort of that footage. abstract it's that sort of shit yeah and it doesn't serve any purpose no other than i mean they're kind of cool to look at but at least like sort of the story for the week that jeffrey would read mm. from like the, the rainbow book the story always had some sort of bearing on the lesson that was being learned. Yeah, so yeah. the story would kind of reflect what was going on in the house. The same with the song from Rod, Jane and Freddie. It would kind of be loosely mm. tied into the plot. Yeah. You know. And it, By the way, what kind of group were Rod, Jane and Freddie? Because like, I've watched a couple of episodes for this and they sing in a different style. In it, like, I've seen country. I've seen reggae. I've seen Europop. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it was just... Again, just have a musical act on, and that's, they weren't all. They weren't ever present. Sometimes there were guest stars or guest musicians as well. Um, nobody so famous is popping out. Um, I mean, why? But, but how? Do, how do you compete with Rod, Jane, and Freddie? Like, why bother? I mean, it may just be they weren't available. They may have been in Panda or something. But um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess it was just you have a musical act on, and the more different things you expose kids to, the more chances they like something. So, you know, you do one that's no. Um, you're a poppy one week. You do one that's country. You do one that's a little bit, little bit country, roll. little bit rock and roll. Yeah. Anxious <laughs> um, <laughs> step on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, do it that way. And, and again, like things like Sesame Street would have done that. They'd have, you know, they'd have, they'd have mixed up genres quite often just to try and keep some sort of interest. And you know, at the age that you're looking at, as well, kids are starting to pick things up that they hear on the radio. Yeah. Or that you know, their parents are into, and they'll start picking out. Like I was raised on Dire Straits, Fleetwood Mac, and um, T-Rex. So that sort of no, that sort of stuff is always embedded. I, there are certain songs I hear them even now. And I go, oh, fucking hell! I'm, we're we're yeah. up, no, we're up for a drive at eight o'clock tonight. My brother won't go to fucking sleep. Yeah. No, it's, it, there, there are some connotations there, and that no, they come from that sort of age. So again, the the, the more you chuck on, the more chance you've got something sticking. Yeah, I guess. I guess, but yeah, it, it just struck me as as I mean, the, oh, the songs are kind of Shit. odd anyway in the way, <laughs> like. The, they would be live performances most of the time, but then every now and again, or you say live, obviously, yeah. in my opinion, but every now and again, there'd be an actual fucking music video. Yeah. It was... It's weird. I think that was when they kind of went, oh, fuck, we haven't spent our budget for the year. Quick, what do we, what oh, do, we do? a music video. We'll do a video. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and yeah, I think that kind of that was kind of it. But yeah, I, I don't know, I hadn't really given it much thought. I, I just don't think we just watch Jane and Freddy. Yeah. And yeah, when you start looking at other combinations, that, that's just not right. No. No, as you say, it's, it's Rod, Jane, and Freddie. Yeah. Like, they, they're all still alive, right? Um, she definitely is. I believe so. I mean, they're going to be old now. Oh, yeah, I thought they'll be old now. Because they were, like, in their late 30s, early 40s, I think, when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Jeffrey's dead. Yeah, Jeffrey he died doesn't... last year. Yeah. Yeah, they're also alive. So, I mean, they're primed for a reunion tour, surely. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, failing that, they'll be on, no, they'll go to the fucking jungle or something and yeah, yeah. they'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> Genuinely, if the tickets were priced right and oh, I didn't have yeah. to travel too far, I'd go and watch Roger and Freddy. Let's be fair, you see the fucking Wiggles selling things out yeah. all around the world. Give me Roger and Freddy any I'd, day. I'd go. I'd if go. The like, we'd be talking sort of a 20 quid-ish cap on a ticket. Oh, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not... I'm not and, and no, no further than Birmingham. Yeah, yeah look, you can't... If you have to drive, it's no good because you're going to need to be fucking tanked up for this. Oh, you can get a train to Birmingham. That's a direct train to Birmingham. Yeah, that's all right then. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. So if you are listening, tour motherfuckers. Yeah, we're there. You've sold two tickets. Absolutely. Well, four because you know we'll drive you the other hours. Yeah, there you go. And there's three of you, so you can have at least like probably by the time you pay people, maybe a fiver each out of this. Yeah, so you're lucky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, tour motherfuckers. Um, 
So yeah, so talking about um, <laughs> like Rod, Jane, and Freddie are listening to this fucking <laughs> podcast. If you are listening, what please weird, hit us up. What weird parallel dimension did we just slip into? <laughs> I don't know what's weird. They might be listening, or they might tour. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, so coming... I would support them because you'd have to have like another like oh, yeah. band from that era, and they'd need to be kind of kids' band. You couldn't like throw the Wiggles on because no. like. Jane and Freddie would play them off stage. Yeah. But, Maybe. but they'd have to support the Wiggles because the Wiggles are technically bigger. No. Now they are. Yeah. But, but they're not they're not bigger than Rod Jane and Freddie. They they haven't got a thousand fucking episodes behind them, have they? I don't know. It just seems like have they sit there and watch it. No, I don't think they do. Jesus. But anyway, I mean I, I mean in an ideal world, you'd have the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah, I might be a bit difficult. Well now you're very yeah, fucking quiet. You'd, have... you'd drop a lot. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Was it today? <laughs> it's not too soon. Um, yeah, no. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Well, to be fair, they dropped a lot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we talk, we've talked about um, Jeffrey. We've talked a bit about the um, the characters. But, um, some of the, the descriptions pick up online. Zippy is loud and dominating, usually very funny. Um, although not to anybody else in the show, they all get fucked I up. I think he's fucking hilarious. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's um, a bit of a hero, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Um, Puppet was originally uh, voiced and operated by Peter Hawkins and later voiced by Ross, Roy Scarton, um, who are known for voicing Doctor Who characters, as I said, and then operated by Lon- Ronnie the Drew. His mouth is a zip, and when he becomes too bossy or irritating, this would be zipped shut to prevent him from continuing on at least one occasion. He unzipped himself, although he appears unable to do so most of the time. <laughs> on at least one occasion, he unzipped himself. <laughs> now I can easily look for things to do it. Um, broadly represented childhood, self-centeredness, naughtiness, and extroversion. So it's a fair, no, it's a fairly on those character description really it's, it's what he was there for he's prick he's yeah, an absolute he's a prick cock. yeah I love him for it yeah um, by comparison I had all that description for Zippy George is a shy pink and slightly camp hippo there you go I mean that, that does <laughs> say it all yeah he first he wasn't in it originally who I can't imagine the dynamic he first appeared in 1973 just like I can't imagine it without Jeffrey I can't imagine it. who does Zippy annoy um, you had Dusty who was a sheepdog Zippy's, Zippy's short lived original sidekick for a handful of episodes circa Christmas 1972 was replaced by George for the 1973 series I do not remember Dusty at all well we wouldn't we would like, but even for reruns shit. no I don't ever really remember reruns I don't know there must have been I don't know because well, like, it was it have. was constantly on there was always yeah. new rainbow it was true but yeah, I wasn't aware there was a sheepdog called uh, called Dusty. I've got to be honest. Um, Shit name for a dog as well. I'm sorry if your dog is called Dusty, but maybe in the real world Dusty's an okay. But like you, you create an account. You can call it fucking anything. But they called the hippo George. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Still though, why <laughs> would you call it like it's a sheepdog? What the fuck has herding sheep got to do with dust? I don't know, what would you call it? Dusty's what you call a fucking bin. <laughs> <laughs> or a chimney sweep. Maybe that's why they had to get rid of Dusty. Maybe Dusty Copy, came on. Copyright infringement, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. What would I call a sheepdog? I don't know. Fucking Shep? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a sheepdog. I've never had to name a sheepdog. Rover? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Spotty? Oh, no. no. Super Ted? Yeah, not behind the bus. Yeah. I don't know, but I wouldn't call him fucking Dusty. Fair enough. Um, what, would, what would a like? What would a talking sheepdog sound like? Because I, I've got Basil Brush in my head, but without the bum bum. Do you think it would be quite kind of well to do like? Because I kind of think he'd sound like a bit of a farmer, but that's just because he works on a farm, I guess. But then he'd also be sheepdogs are kind of like the jocks of the dog world, aren't they? I have no idea. Well, they're kind of all athletic and shit, aren't they? They do all that agility stuff and they round sheep up and they like. Yeah, I guess. They're kind of like the jocks of the... I think, anyway, in my head. Can uh, you think of a jockier dog? I don't... I don't really think of dogs as people. So I think he'd be a bit like dude bro. Yeah, I can live with that. So I guess... So you got the first two guys, right? Is he a Cory? Ah, uh, fucking... I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or a Dustin? That works. That works. Uh, anyway. We're I, made, made well on this for too long. 
It, look, if you can think of a better name for a sheepdog, listeners, just hit us up. Yeah, true. Um, so then you've got Bungle, um, also known as Bungle Bonds. Bungle Bonds, yeah. Yeah, mainly because that's what Sippy called him. Yeah. Um, a brown, furry bear with a squashed face who's inquisitive but also clumsy and usually complains a lot about the other characters, especially in Sippy's antics. He broadly represented conformity. Uh, a bear costume uh, played by John Leeson, Stanley Bates, Malcolm Lord, Anthony Pitt, and Paul Cullen. Fuck, it must be warm in there. Not all at once, surely. I fucking hope not. When it's like one person, one arm, another person's another arm. It's like a, the biggest fucking pantomime horse you've ever seen, <laughs> except it's a bear. Yeah. Um, although unclothed most of the time, he wraps a towel around his waist after a shower and also wears pajamas at bedtime. Vision 1972 costume resembled a wild brown bear, but in 1973 it was replaced with a new design resembling a teddy bear. Now, as much as I only ever watched the rainbow that would have had the teddy bear, yeah. I do have a very vivid, vivid, sorry, mental picture of the actual bear because I have seen it and it is the stuff of fucking nightmares. No, I, I believe I've seen it, but I don't know if I've seen the real one or a parody version, which is supposed to be really fucking scary. Because well, maybe I've saw, seen the parody version. Then. The one I saw scared the bollocks out of me, and I was about sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a fully grown adult. Yeah, because I, I was like, fucking, what the no, fuck is that? It that, looks like Bungle, but it looks like Bungle that would murder me in my sleep. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I do. Stop fucking have nightmares about it now. Um, so you can see why they would have changed it. I mean, it's um, given that they are going for this very. Uh, I, I've just I, I'm just oh, showing yeah. Mark an image of the original <laughs> bundle that I found on Google. Yeah, that's um, the one. Yeah, like Google it, guys. Yeah, Google original bungle rainbow. Um, oh, motherfucker stacked in there as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he's clearly taking something. He's off his fucking tree this guy like yeah there are, there are images of kangaroos um doing the rounds at the moment which are really fucking stacked because obviously they're they're yeah, upper yeah, limbs, yeah i know their upper, yeah. upper limbs are done very similar not very similar to humans and they're really muscular this motherfucker could be a kangaroo may, it yeah, may be the built. Ha- it may be the hair and the furry shoulders but it kind of has that same i mean when you look at the expression on his face he really could be fucking roiding as well to be honest <laughs> maybe that's why he took the job oh man you know those eyes don't blink either yeah, we'll share the picture. Um, we'll we'll pop it up online. Um, that's just fucking scary. Yeah, totally. Um, we talked about Roger and Freddie. Um, I said they debuted in nineteen seventy four, so they weren't there for the very beginning. Um, David is Rod Jane and Matt. Um, Matt being Matthew Corbett. Um, was replaced by Roger Walker in nineteen seventy seven before Freddie Marks took over in nineteen eighty one. Um, when the series began, they said to the regular singing trio were Telltale. Um were replaced by Charlie Dor, Julia Littman and Carl Johnson, so they weren't even the original fucking Roger and Freddy. Now Telltale, this is one thing I do know, did the theme song. Yes they did. Which we haven't talked about yet. Oh but... we'll get to that. Okay. Um Yeah, they did um, they did the theme song. Um there were some other characters as well who I don't remember at all. I mean Sunshine and Mooney. No. Uh, Optimistic Sunshine and his more gloomy friend Mooney. Fuck me, that's a bit on the nose. Uh, Telltale who we mentioned um, Dusty Zippo, Zippy's cousin, identical in appearance but slightly brighter in colour, would make the occasional guest appearance, portrayed as an eloquent Frenchman, but a later episode depicted him as an American accented rapper with loud, flashy clothing. That sounds horrible. Why the fucking hell would you do that? I got look, an I've eloquent got to Frenchman's ask. bad enough. I've got to ask because everybody out there is thinking it as well. I get that the Frenchman was brighter in colour. Was the other one black? I don't know. There's not a picture. Because you know you all thought it. Don't judge me, listeners. I thought it. I was going to say it. Um, I think probably not, just because I, I you've already know, got you, the puppet. You probably could have got away with it back then. Yeah, but if you've already got the puppet, and you're just going to dress it differently, it's cheaper than making a new puppet. Uh, yeah, maybe. What was he called? Zippo? He was called Zippo, as in lighter. Jesus. Um, yeah. Then you had Georgette, a.k.a. Georgie, who was uh, George's cousin. Georgette is physically identical to George, except for longer eyelashes and a floppy hat. He really fucking went all out on that one. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, The Dawn, who's the next-door neighbour, played by Dawn Bowden, was introduced in the show's later years, appearing in 1990. Uh, So that was when Roger and Freddie fucked off. And then you had a character called Auntie, um, played by numerous actresses, is the aunt of one of the characters, probably Jeffrey, but it's never never disclosed. Being human, probably Jeffrey. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Um, Zippo uh, was not black. Slightly um, off colour, though. Slightly off colour, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's being suggested. 
shall we say. Um, and he, he is essentially Zippy in a baseball cap and really loud 90s Technicolor shirt. Yeah. I mean, all the, the bits I've seen, I, I haven't seen that many episodes, but everything I've seen, correct me if I'm uh, all the ones I've seen, uh, Jeffrey has a rainbow T-shirt on. Did he always have No, that? no, no. I can always remember Jeffrey being dressed in kind of um, shirts and stuff as well. I remember the, the rainbow t-shirt because he had braces and stuff as well. Those were earlier ones. Yeah, because the, the one I saw was an earlier one that wasn't the Christmas, the, the Twangers episode. He had these fucking lime green trousers on and then a rainbow hooped shirt. So like you know, red at the top, then orange. Yeah. But the greens didn't match. No. As a kid, I wouldn't give him two fucks. As an adult, I'm going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, now, now here's the thing. I think I, I, can, I can remember the white rainbow T-shirt and the braces and the bright trousers and stuff. But I think because he was doing it so long and because, as we said, Jeffrey was actually, he wasn't condescending and he had quite a measured tone and it was almost like this, especially towards the end, was like this kindly old uncle. Yeah. He kind of went into that gracefully and started dressing like a grown man in a nice shirt and some cords. No, I, I... I, I can picture that, but I don't know whether I'm remembering it or whether it's just... Yeah, he would just put on, like, short sleeve shirts and... Fuck me, he's open with that shirt. Yeah. Looks like a set of fucking curtains. I, I mean, yeah, but you've got to go with the time as well. Yeah, true. Um, Very Magnum PI. Yeah. So he was. He didn't always dress like a fucking crazy person. No. I'm pretty sure Rod, Jane and Freddy did. Oh, yeah. But that was probably to do with the skits as well. Because, probably. like, if they, if they were in a skit, they would dress accordingly. Yeah. Um... So, so about the, we talked about the episodes and the way they played out. Um, the general sort of flow was that George and Zippy represented the two types of the child, George being the quiet and shy one, Zippy was the hyperactive and destructive type. Zippy often demonstrated cynicism and wit that went beyond the fourth wall and appealed to all the viewers, whereas uh, George was usually vindicated and Zippy got his comeuppance in the episode. Uh, while they were apparently young children, um, aged around five or six, Bungle was an older child of about seven or eight and differed from them being in costume rather than hand puppets. Jeffrey's relationship was unclear other than being a kind mentor, teacher, carer. Ollie is referred to as uncle in at least one episode. And the fact he's always referred to as Jeffrey and never dad may suggest that he's their professional carer and they live in some sort of... I love this quote. Um, may suggest that he's their professional carer and they live in some sort of idealised, timeless foster home. What the fuck? No, I'm sorry, this is Wikipedia. Whoever wrote that, what the fuck were you smoking and where can I get some? Um, fuck me. Kira, yes, as I said at the start of the show. An idealised foster home. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, it's the Rainbow House. I guess it it does kind of have that ring I'd have taken it. it more as some sort of fucking hospice. Yeah. Yeah, it does have that kind of... But, I mean, look, if, if nothing else, these aren't humans. Where are we getting these ideas from? Like, to try and project any sense of normality onto a middle-aged man looking after a giant fucking talking bear, a, a camp hippo. pink hippo, and a whatever the fuck. Like, it just doesn't work in any world. No, that's right. So it is what it is. They yeah. live in the rainbow house. Deal with it. That's it. And I mean, it, it, it goes on what we were saying earlier. When people people will apply meaning to anything, yeah. whether it's true or not, or whether it's accurate or not. As soon as somebody, you know, as soon as somebody puts it out there, they, it, you know, it becomes, it's there to be refuted. And if nobody refutes it, yeah, it's got to be taken as true. Uh, in 1989, Roger and Freddie left the show to concentrate on touring. <laughs> to concentrate on touring, pantomime appearances, and their own separate TV show, which had run parallel to Rainbow since 1981. They had their own fucking show for eight years at this point. It was shit. I don't remember it. It was shit. They, look, when they were on Rainbow, they were a highlight of Rainbow. Yeah, because they were on for two fucking minutes. Yeah, that's all the Rod, Jane and Freddy I need, thanks. I don't need <laughs> their own show, and I'm left... You know, you watch that, and you're just like, well, we're zippy. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so they left in 1989, uh, meant that Dawn Bowden was introduced as a regular female character in the place of Jane, while the songs were generally provided by guest singers. Notably, Christopher Lillycrap. Get the fuck out. <laughs> like... Christopher Lillycrap. Like, surely, dude, you'd get a stage name. <laughs> like... And if that is your stage name, dude, seriously, what the fuck? Um, oh, yeah. Um, the show would also often fe uh, feature guest stars to make changes from Jeffrey telling all the lessons. This way, the characters would be told stories and lessons by a fresh face. Even so, Jeffrey was never completely eliminated and continued to act as presenter and member of the Rainbow House until the end of the main run in 1990. The term eliminated is rather harsh there, don't you? <laughs> No, what they mean is fucking euthanized. Yeah. 
Shaped she, mouth back and shot. Rather harsh. I mean, I do remember Dawn being introduced, as I said at the start. Um, she was just never as good as Jeffrey. Simple as that. I don't, Again, I don't remember her. Um, and I think by the time she came around, it would have been, well, well okay, I don't know. It's Rainbow. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, we were definitely I mean, by this point, older I, than Rainbow. By this point, I'd have been seven or eight, so I would have been on to bigger and better things. Thundercats, that kind of thing. Oh, that was already... I mean, it, that was already there. It'd be things like turtles and stuff like that would have been yeah. around by then. But yeah, so I mean, Rainbow wouldn't have really been on my on my radar anymore because you know, at that age, that's for, that's for little kids. I'm not a little kid anymore. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Mean, I'm seven. I'm you not are, little anymore. You are very judgmental at that age. Oh fuck yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't remember Dawn at all. Um, and having just clicked on a link and seen a picture of, I still don't fucking. I couldn't figure out the liner. Um, so yeah, it was, it's quite strange. It's, it's. I think it's. Unfortunate for her, and I don't know what the rest of her career looked like. If her career is solely she replaced Jeffrey on Rainbow, that's gotta suck because nobody will remember her legacy. No, like I said, Jeffrey is Rainbow. No Jeffrey, no Rainbow. You can't. I don't think you can take out any one of the lineup. Maybe you can take Bungalow. No, you can't. You no. can't take Bungalow because somebody has to be a prick. So yeah, Bungle's kind of like the, the conscience, isn't it? Yeah, and I say prick. Like I've called Zippy a prick as well, but different kinds of prick. different kinds of prick. Yeah, Bungle's a condescending dick cheese, to be honest. So yeah. without him, the dynamic doesn't work. No, that's right because you can't have Zippy. Zippy doesn't work without having a sanctimonious opposite number. No, exactly. There you go. Uh, right, so the theme song. The theme song is fucking incredible. It's been going around in my head for about seven it's, days. No, we talk about theme tunes a lot on this show. And whilst I think maybe the Rainbow theme would never... It, and we will eventually come to running down our top theme tunes. Whilst I don't think it, it would ever take the top spot. Because there's stuff that just... It doesn't get you, your blood flowing. Like some of the some of the other theme tunes. I thought you say that. But I mean, having picked up a couple of episodes the last, no, the last week or so. And... Hearing it, no, hearing it the first time it takes it, you right back. I haven't, it? I haven't watched this show in thirty fucking years. Now it's not just the theme tune; it's also every episode started with the old Thames TV ident yes. as well. Yeah, and it's that combination of that plus the rainbow theme, and it does just take you back, and it gives you the warm fuzzies. Is the thing, whereas some of the other theme tunes will get you geared up and stuff. Yeah. It, it's like a big hug of a theme to Rainbow. Yeah. And I have been walking around myself all week just singing Rainbow. Yeah. I'm I, not even singing the words, getting the little breakdown bit in the middle where it's like do 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 I've been walking around humming that like a motherfucker. Yeah. I, I got called on it in work yesterday, I was whistling it. Yeah. Um coming out of a meeting. I said, What the fuck is that? I said, What's what? What are you whistling? Was I whistling? So and somebody played it back somebody whistled it back and said, Oh fuck's sake. It's Rainbow. It's Rainbow. But shame on them for not knowing. Probably with my rendition, wasn't it? Yeah. Else. But um, yeah, and then luckily I got away. So I, have you been showing it to Jess? Yes, that's exactly what's happened. Jess has been. Yeah, own it. that shit, dude. Own it. I've <laughs> openly said that's why. Yeah. I... It depends on the people I'm with. But um, yeah. But it, I mean... it's one of those theme tunes. Like, like I say, shame on them for not knowing. Because legitimately, and we've said this before, where we've had catchphrases that you can throw out to somebody and you will get it thrown back, no matter where you are and what circle you're in. Yeah. And I think the rainbow theme works like that as well. I think you could be anywhere and start that theme off. And people of the right age, i.e. people up to the age of about 40 now, I would say. I, I don't uh, maybe even slightly old. A bit more, actually. Yeah. If, you went to, if you started at 72. Yeah, yeah. So I guess people in their mid-40s, yeah. early 50s. Um, so you're talking you're talking a 20-year bracket there. You, you could go up, start that rainbow theme, yeah. and they'll know the words. And they'll be able to finish that theme. I guarantee you. Yeah. You just walk up to anybody and say, up above the streets and houses. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hit you back with rainbows flying high. It's, yeah. It, it is, and it's it's one of those I say it did give me goosebumps when I first put it on the other day. Um, a small part of a full version called Rainbow by Hugh Portnow and Hugh Fraser of Telltale. Um, it was released by Music for Pleasure in 1973 with the B-side Windy Day. I cannot find that B-side for love nor fucking money. Windy Day. Yeah. Sounds like it, so I can't, yeah. can't find it. Um, I mean, several dance versions of the theme tune which have been released as singles. Fucking shame on you for ruining it, you twice. Oh, I've heard so many dance yeah. renditions of this. Um, dance Act Solo had a minor hit in 91 with a sample-free instrumental version of the Rainbow theme, while Eurobop... Oh, fuck. 
uh, released a dance version in 1993 featuring samples taken directly from the original theme as well as voice samples of the main characters. Yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Um, so, uh, voice samples of the main characters who appeared on several music TV shows to promote the single. A hardcore version entitled Rainbow Vibes by Sons of Bungle, Sons spelled S-O-N-Z, of Bungle circulated on 12-inch vinyl in 92, which sampled the theme tune over a chopped-up breakfast featuring rave stabs. I don't even understand that fucking sentence means. I do remember the song though, and I do remember Sons of Bungle. <laughs> but what the f- I don't even know what that sentence means. I love the fact that Sons of Bungle though sounds like a motorcycle club. The <laughs> 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 uh, most recent dance version titled It's a Rainbow and featuring the voice the vocals of Zippy and George reached the UK top 20 in 2002. I remember that. Don't remember that one. Um, I do mainly because it was... Um, I was a grumpy old man by then. I say when we were in union, they would be playing it every fucking yeah. way because again, the people who would have been there listening to it would have been our age. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do remember that. A um, couple of VHS releases um, down the years, not masses. Um, but say very difficult to get hold of now in sort of any sort of form, as you may pick up on the co- compilations that we said earlier on. Um, right, revivals. A couple of them. Okay. Um, Divisional Rainbow ended uh, with loss of Thames Broadcasting Licence in 92. Tetra Films, um, an independent production company created by Thames Children's Department, so they they, they bought their own product, basically. Uh, revived it for ITB in January 94 and 95, uh, two series, 33 episodes. The new version of the show departed from the original format, sent on a slightly redesigned puppet characters without the presenter running a toy shop. A new character was introduced, a scouse-sounding blue rabbit named Cleo. Jeffrey Hayes said he heard Fuck the, that rabbit. Yeah, fuck it right in here. Um, Jeffrey Hayes said he heard the news of his sacking from the tabloids rather than from Tetra. I was shocked really, and for a couple of days I thought it was just me who'd been dropped, but then Rod, Jane, and Freddie had already left, and of course Roy had been dropped too. The guy playing Bungle, he was history, and as was the puppeteer doing George. Only Zippy's puppeteer was left. So I mean, they completely fucking overhauled it. Um, Bungle looked different for the um, for the new show. Zippy and George were pretty much the same. I remember didn't? Bungle looking different. I he don't remember what Bungle softer looked like. again. Right, okay. Further away from Nightmare Bungle. So That's not a bad thing. Really, um, just as a side note, folks, Cult Kids Classics, which is the collection that I've got, has been reissued on DVD. Um, it's in stock on Amazon currently as of now, and it's five ninety nine, which for this DVD is a bargain yeah. because the stuff on it is gold. I'm ready to do that on the way on. Um, second revival in '96 saw a return to something like the original format in the series of te- uh, short 10 minute shows entitled Rainbow Days, presented by Dale Superville, which ran to only one series of 12 episodes. Both are produced in association with HTV. A comic based on the latter series, also titled Rainbow Days, ran for a handful of issues in 1997. How the fuck did I miss a rainbow comic? especially 1997 I would have been 16 like how did I miss that don't know I'd not heard of it I didn't know it was there um, this, is, this would probably be one of the, sorry this would have been one of those like shitty activity comics oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this wouldn't have been like a real comic no, this would have been like you'd have say a two page strip and like a fucking maze that yeah. you have to go which and a word search and, and it, yeah, yeah colouring and you probably had some cheap piece of plastic on the front that I would have stolen from a news agent so <laughs> Oh yeah. come on, we all did it. Don't don't act like you didn't steal the shit off the front of magazines. I'm not gonna answer that on the grounds that you might be right. Um episodes of the original Rainbow dated from the early nineteen eighties were shown sporadically on the UK satellite channel Nick Junior uh, and or its sister channel Nick Junior Two. Um is that Nick the Third? Um in the late two thousands as part of his Nick Junior Classics reruns. Previous repeat run took place on UK Gold, um, from its launch in November ninety two to ninety four. So I mean, yeah, as long as as long as there's been satellites. And it was rerun then, just yeah. not on channels that I would have watched. Yeah, although these were mostly from the latter years without Rod Jane and Freddie, probably because they couldn't afford the licenses. Yeah. Right. Um, we talked about the the adult version, the uh, the Twangers episode, which wasn't really an episode. Um, there's a whole. There's a bigger section on that on the wiki page than there is on the entire fucking show. I mean, that's a bit sad, to be fair. It is, but it's probably the most memorable. It certainly is. A um, lot of people are fucking crazy for that thing. And yeah. like I said, it, it's oh, now... It's fucking hysterical. And it's entered popular culture to the point where people think the show was like that. Yeah, it, they think it's part of the show. Yeah. Um, 
1979, the cast and crew of Rainbow made a special exclusive sketch for Thames TV staff for their Christmas tape, um, referred to as the Twangers episode. Sketch featured plenty of deliberate sexual innuendo, begin <laughs> beginning with Zippy peeling bananas, getting one skin, two skin, three skin, four, oh, and then we cut off. Oh dear. It kind of sets a tone, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, yeah, I, 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 I put this on in work for somebody um, today, um, and as soon as we got past one skin, that was it. That was, you knew what was coming. That was it. It was a case of, right, just can't, just got to stop fucking sn sniggering like school children. Yeah. Um, and it goes on from there. Um, uh, it was never shown at the time, as it was never intended to be screened to jump into release. The cast later, the cast later sang a song called The Plucking Song. Um, but it's not The Plucking Song, it's The Plucking Song. Um, constantly mm. referred to as The Plucking Song. Because, you know, um, and you've got to wonder how many takes they needed for that. For that, yeah. Um, because there are lots of uses of pluck. Um, it became famous after being aired on Victor Lewis Smith's Channel 4 program TV Awful in 1997 and was referred to as the pilot episode in order to fit the regular program sentiment pilots that crashed however the clip can't have been a pilot because Jeffrey's in it yeah. um, but lots of people think that's what it was intended to be um, since then it's gone on to be every fucking word on the internet it pops up all the time as he said it's the first if you type rainbow into Tinterwebs now it's the first thing you're going to find yeah um, beyond that after that, after that was made and so people were aware of it, um, the characters popped up on um, some more risque shows. Um, Jeffrey Zippy uh, uh, and George never bungled, but um, Zippy and George popped up on things. There was a variety show with Jim Davidson, which you know is going to be classy as fuck. Oh, nice. Zippy and Jim <laughs> Davidson. Um, the sketch in question featured former children's TV presenter Tommy Boyd asking a question about Adam and Eve. Boyd and Davidson used some uh, profanity in sketch along with innuendos from George, presumably again not intended to be broadcast, and Zippy exclaimed to Jeffrey an expletive phrase quite out of character for his children's television persona. So, I mean, Zippy saying fuck on TV. I'm in. Can't Sold. Um, comedian, comedian Robbie Davro, that's a fucking oxymoron. Huh? Uh, also parodied Rainbow as a comedy sketch in his own TV show in the early 90s. He used to do that a lot. Bobby yeah. Dabber, I, I can remember that. Yeah, it's Bobby Dabber and comedian. Don't really fucking fly. Ah, uh, yeah, no. Um, it's um, yeah, it's on sketch show in the early nineties, playing the part of Jeffrey alongside exaggerated versions of Bungle and the puppets, which contained some mild sexual innuendo. Dabber appeared as regular in a regular edition of the show, in which he performed impressions of the characters in front of them. While never explicitly adult, most interviews featuring Zippy and George since the show's demise commonly portray them as somewhat more edgy in terms of personality. For example, in a live episode of SMTV, they call Bungle an idiotic, blundering creature. Not really that fucking profane, is it? No, it's not, not really. character, but Yeah. Well, if Zippy called him a cunt, I'd be quite happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those shows. I mean, for me, I didn't realise I'd missed this show until I started watching it again. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, when, when we finished recording last week, uh, and as we do every week, I asked mark what was coming up so i could watch some episodes and stuff when he told me it was rainbow i i just lost my shit didn't i <laughs> yeah it's like fucking sweet i can't wait to watch it and i've thoroughly enjoyed watching it all and like you said i i kind of i've never forgotten about the show but i kind of i loved watching it again and i didn't realize because i loved it so much as a kid i didn't realize that i'd missed it yeah but i mean i as i said it's 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 always been present and conscious and I've also oh Frank, yeah, Frank, oh, yeah, Frank. and not thought much about it other than no, I remember Roger and Freddie and I yeah. again wrongly same as a lot of other people remembered it being full of filth um, because I'd seen this this episode before um, but yeah going back and, and I, I think I may have watched like four and they're not yeah, long yeah I've watched quite a bit. yeah they're like 15 minutes but I, I came over going okay I'm 34 years old and I fucking love this show yeah, I did too. I thoroughly enjoyed watching these. Um, look, it's not like other things we've watched. It's not like going back and I'm watching something like Thundercats or Turtles. Or it's not like I'm going to sit here and say, find this, binge it. Because you're not. There's no story to follow. This is going to be... You're going to stick it on for an evening. Have a jolly old time with it. It'll take you back to your childhood. And maybe you'll do that once in a while. I don't know. You're certainly not going to... I'm not going to walk away from this going, I can't wait to watch more Rainbow. No, because I'm done. Gonna... I'm done for a while now. Yeah, you're not going to go and binge it, are you? No, but... I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with it and it's like a great big warm blanket it's it's just lovely yeah um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit because Chris has just while we were talking sent me a link <laughs> to um, a, a, 
a Rainbow comic. It's probably not an official one. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, again, I'll put the link up when we post um, this episode. Yeah, just so we can credit whoever it is. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking incredible. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything about it other than it's called Rainbow Comic, A Load of Balls. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I mean, I... As Chris was talking, I was trying very hard not to laugh reading it. So yeah, um, and we need to make sure this gets properly credited. Oh, whoever's fuck yes, whoever so we'll done put this. it up online. Right whoever has done this deserves some sort of fucking medal. Yeah. Um, yeah. The words <laughs> fucking bastard appear into it. So it's, it's something I'm always going to prove of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I as we were saying um, before we got sidetracked by a load of old balls, um, it, it's just a thoroughly lovely thing. It, that, that's what it is yes it's, it's that's the best way i can describe it it's it is really wholesome yeah uh, and it and it is genuine zippy is genuinely funny it, like you there could, are you there could are transplant, laugh out loud moments you could trans excuse me you could transplant zippy into a show now yeah excuse me and be it no some sort of no, like an eight out of ten cats or something like that and he as long as that character is played the way that character is supposed to be played it wouldn't be out of place no not and at all and now we're talking fuck 40 years yeah, yeah. After no, after after this character was no, so at its height. So, yeah, I mean, it's not as if this kind of this character dates. I mean, some of the others, yeah, okay. I say people were probably offended by uh, by George now because they'd say it was some sort of, some sort of stereotype. Yeah, um, you get SJWs all over his case, wouldn't you? But, yeah, I mean, Bungle just yeah, could die somewhere. Especially the fucking scary one. Could die in the ditch. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for you guys to see this image that we found of Scary Bungle if you haven't Googled it already. But Jesus Christ. Well, I say I can't wait. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, I guess, really, because you'll all have nightmares. I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. Yeah. Um... Is it wrong that it's like... Because he's so big and butch, the kind of... The fact that he's a bear as well, that is really just... The nightmare is Scary Bungle rape to be honest that's that's where it goes but if that's your sort of thing or power to you uh yeah no i don't want that thanks but yeah, that's where the nightmare goes yeah like. um but yeah so that's rainbow um if you want to talk about it if you want to get in touch please do um so we're always open to uh, please don't get in touch to tell us about your scary bungle rape nightmares i don't need that <laughs> yeah if, if you want to talk about that i'll give you chris's personal email address no 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 um <laughs> really i'm good thanks um <laughs> but yeah so if, if you want to get in touch by all means do so um you can find us uh, on facebook with the Dublin podcast network on twitter at smpd pod um on our website www.ddpodcast.net where you can find um, some of our previous episodes um, our partner shows our brand new show better than Mario um, until next time see you later